Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Healer, Heal Yourself. Today, I have Dr. Kwanda Roberts, and she is someone I've been very excited about having on the podcast, because not only is she a physician, but she's also a very creative physician who has done multiple tiny houses, but not the tiny houses that you think of. These are miniature doll houses that are just absolutely beautiful. And if you don't look closely, you would actually think that they were large, wonderful luxury homes somewhere. Um, so I'd like to welcome Dr. Roberts to the podcast. I can't wait to hear your story. So please tell us, Dr. Roberts, a little bit about what type of physician you are and your background, and then we can dive into your creativity. Sure. Um, it's great to be here, finally. <laughs> well, I'm Rhonda Roberts. I am an OBGYN outside of Philadelphia. I've been practicing for 20 years now. Um, I'm a single mom of two. I have a new nine-year-old. His birthday was Sunday and a seven-year-old daughter. Um, yeah, and I've branched out. So I have about seven jobs now. <laughs> Multitasking, but um, I'm doing all sorts of things here. Just chasing my dream. Wonderful. So what are the seven jobs that you have? Are they related? Uh, they are related. They are related. I mean, I obviously I have my OBGYN, uh, job, um, and I do some things with, um, um, medical devices. So that's another job that I have. And I have an interior design business for real size houses. So that's another job. And I consider building the doll houses now, uh, an actual job. Um, I'm working on getting uh, a product line off of the ground. So doing entrepreneur stuff. So that's another job. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is wonderful. This is all great. I did a few things, all of which have not aired. These are all the things I've learned learn about. I did sell this house, which was on, on Annie. Okay. Uh, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. I was a featured designer on that show. And I guess there's stuff that hasn't aired. I, I'm not allowed to talk about. So that. So basically you're a multi-passionate person like myself. So <laughs> you've got a lot of balls that you're juggling in the air. And I too was a single mom or I still am a single mom. Um, and so people are going to wonder, how do you do it? Because that's the question I always get. Do you get that question often? I do get it actually, that I try not to do all of the things all of the time because there's just not enough hours in the day. And, you know, sometimes in total honesty, the way I'm working or living isn't completely healthy. Like it's not something I would recommend, <laughs> you know, to someone that I'm doing. And I don't know that we should necessarily aspire to all of the things and trying to be all of the things. So I prioritize the things that are, important. And I've learned to say no to a lot of things that I like to do. I get requests for, you know, podcasts or commissions or 
you know, appearance, that, that things like that. And um, I mean, I get casted on a lot of television shows and a lot of it I just don't do. I mean, I went single mom off for three months somewhere, you know, um, and they sound like great fun and, you know, great exposure, but I just, I don't do them all and I don't do it all, all of the time. Like right now I'm not taking on new um, design clients for my real interior design. I really want to get the dollhouse line off the ground. So that's up and running. And then I'll start up more clients. Yeah. So that's how I do it. Yeah. Um, well, I think someone like you, yourself, like us who are multi-passionates, I mean, we just, we don't think of it as work necessarily, right? It kind of comes naturally. It's like one thing leads to another. So I have a background in fashion design and I love interior design too. And so, you know, that's even more reason why I'm excited to be talking with you. I renovate houses and so I just love it all. We love it too. I can tell. So tell me about your background. Do you have a background in the arts or interior design or does this just come naturally for you? Yeah, I don't. This is just natural for me. I've been obsessed with design and architecture since I was a kid. I love it. I would, the kid that would redecorate my room and my mom would ask me to do things in the house. And, you know, when I got my first car, I don't know what everybody else is doing at 16, but I was driving around the neighborhood looking at the different architecture and, you know, stopping outside my car and uh, we, I'm dating myself, but you know, HDTV like wasn't a thing, but I was obsessed with this old house. Like that was the thing that was on that was designed come naturally to me. And I never considered a career. And I didn't even know that was a career when I was going to college. I did. I mean, I figured if you liked creating your house, then that's what you did. I had no idea about interior design. You were a lawyer, you were a doctor, you were a teacher. I, I didn't know that you could make money or a career in the arts at all you know back then or else I may or maybe I wouldn't have I don't know passionate about medicine as well but yeah. uh just something that came natural naturally to me and I did end up going to design school before I started my firm but that was after the dollhouses had gone viral you have a certificate in design in yeah design. It's, full, it's not like a full degree program mm-hmm. um I don't know how they bill it, but it's, it's enough to get you into the tree. Yeah. It gives you the, you know, the basics and how mm-hmm. to run the business and, you know, yeah. sort of furnitures, all the stuff, how to scale a room and, and, uh, and those types of things. So, um, yeah, I did that, like I said, before I started my interior design business. Mm-hmm. So let's backtrack a little bit. It sounds like you were a very creative kid. Did you have a calling to go into medicine? You know, I think I did. I definitely had a calling to go into OBGYN. I've wanted to go to medical school for so long. Impetus for it's just been lifelong. I mean, seven. My goal. Everybody that knew me knew that, that was a little girl. You were going to be a doctor. That I would be a doctor, and I, I really just, I just never, I never wavered um, from it. And I went to medical school thinking that I would be a pediatrician. And we were in, I was in the hospital for months and I was like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
and I did my peds rotation, even though they were small kids and not the adolescents I wanted to work with. But I was like, I don't know that I could do this every day. It's like working, like, a, like being a vet. This one can't speak and this one's running around the room. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. But OB was definitely my calling. First day with surgery, you know, my, my first part of that rotation was GYN surgery. And I was hooked immediately. I had no idea I would love to do procedures telling about the dollhouses, but that I would want to work with my hands that way. And so I was already hooked from the first day. And not that anybody wants to do pap smears all day, but the fact that, so OB was definitely the best job I've ever had. That's That's so wonderful to hear because so many doctors are leaving medicine now, you know, uh, are getting burnt out and it's wonderful to meet someone who's still loving being a physician and being a creative at the same time. So do you have a private practice? I actually um, left, it's hospital owned, but it's a hospital owned private practice um, that I was in, but I left full-time practice and now I just do hospitalist work, laborist work um, at the same hospital so that I could get off the ground and actually see my kids. <laughs> yeah, it gives you a lot more flexibility. It's it's like being a locum stock. A little uh, bit similar in that flexibility. You can work on a couple months off a couple months if you need to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. So then when you graduated medical school, you had residency. Did you ever, was there ever a time where you weren't doing something creative on the, um, you know, in the background? Like, were you always in touch with that part of yourself? Always. If it wasn't my own house, it was, you know, the nurses. I started I wasn't calling it flipping, but when I graduated, I bought my first house, graduated from medical school. So that's an intern with our little itty bitty stipend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Having, you know, for roommates like everybody else in an apartment, I bought uh, a little condo and um, I fixed it up myself. I don't know how, because we didn't have like the work hours. I don't, because I was young and I had energy. <laughs> and I, you know, but I did the kitchen and I did the bathroom and I had no idea. I had no experience. I had no idea what I was doing. Once I kind of fixed it up, I was bored and I sold it because I just wanted to have another project to do. And I made $150,000. Mm-hmm. Literally, did, I'll be honest with you. I had a thought then, like, why would I finish residency? I'm making a literally a 20, so I was making like 20, you know, and I, I was know. like, I made $100,000. I mean, I, I had no money. So it's not like I put anything fancy into the house. Like I did anything fancy. Um, but you had a vision that yeah. other people didn't have. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I just went through medical school. I guess I can't quit now, but I just made all this money. <laughs> um, so I didn't do that, but I was sort of, you know, flipping a little bit, uh, but living in them. So I wasn't really flipping. So I did that and. Once I learned how to do electrical myself and things, I would change out the light fixtures for the nurses for extra money. I do the stuff on the honeydew list that the honey didn't do uh, <laughs> for, for extra 
money. So I did that. And, and, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of, I, I would do some design jobs here and there for not a lot of money, but people would, you know, Oh, your apartment looks so great. Come and do my, you know, whatever. And I, I would do that. So I've always been designing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, I I also got into flipping. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. And and it is pretty lucrative. Are you still doing any real estate? No. I, no. No. Mm-hmm. I you know, that was my original plan. Um I'd have to backtrack, but <laughs> um I may get into it again one day. But again, just for where my life was, it just was time consuming mm-hmm. and trying to get the properties to flip and you know I don't know where you get your properties but I was doing like sheriff sales and so mm-hmm. I have to go forward and be present and you know I'd go and take off and then that case would get continued or that property and I was just like Ugh, like I can't <laughs> like, you, were you know a hard it was that sounds like a very hard cold and trying to get a you know a crew yeah. back that was good um was difficult it's something that I would definitely need more time to try to do like maybe my kids are older and I can try to do it again but um it just was too time consuming for me now to try mm-hmm. to do yeah so how did you get into the tiny houses the doll houses so I actually did it's been three years three years now and um, I actually remodeled the dollhouse for my daughter for Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Bought one and, you know, it was pink and purple and, you know, I shouldn't use the word terrible, but it was not my aesthetic. <laughs> uh-huh. so, um, I gave it a little makeover and I was immediately hooked and I didn't want to give it to her. And I would get up <laughs> in the middle, play with it. And I thought, oh, you know, it was hiding before Christmas. I thought she's going to ruin it she's going to put the kitchen in the bathroom and it'll be, it'll be all ruined. <laughs> and I just had this thought that I would, um, by my own, you know, I was really feeling creatively stifled. I had actually considered going to design school before I had my son. I left another private practice, had become a laborist, um, uh, and with thoughts of going to design school on my days off mm. and decided, Hmm, I'm almost 40. I think my biological clock is ticking and I want to have kids. So I became a single mom by choice. And then I was exhausted. And I was like, I'm not going to anybody's school. And I have a great career. And that's just something that's not going to happen for me with design. Left the laborist and went back to private practice and was just living my life. But I was feeling creatively stifled. Hmm. Like, can't paint. Like, it was actually affecting me. And I was just like, I have all these design ideas and I can't have 17 kitchens, but I have 17 kitchens floating in my, that would look great. And this would look great. And this would be beautiful. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I could do them in these dollhouses yeah. and that'll come out of my head and I'll be able to create. And it was, that was it. That's, that's how I got started with no intentions of sharing them or posting them that, you know, it took me until I was 45 to get a hobby, but that's essentially how it started. Wow. And so you eventually started posting them on Instagram. Yeah. My coworker. What happened? 
Yeah, my coworker actually, and I credit her all the time because none of these things that happened in my life would happen without her, her convincing me to post. But I would show the pictures of the dollhouses uh, to my coworkers. And one of the receptionists was, she was like, you should share it. And I was like, nobody wants to see it. It's a, you know, it's a thing. And she was like, I thought you redid your kitchen. And I was like, no, you know, I did my real kitchen last year. I didn't redo the kitchen again. And she's like, it's incredible. I thought it was real. You should, yeah. you know, post it. And um, I did. I, I had never even been on Instagram. Didn't know how to work it. I joined it on my 45th birthday. Mm-hmm. And took my little dollhouse outside, took some pictures of it and hit send. And uh, I put it on my Facebook page and made it public. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened, but it went viral. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how it went. I'm still baffled at the whole process of how people found it or sh- I don't know. I guess people started sharing it. People started yeah. sharing And um, by the end of the week, I was getting messages from around the world. That's amazing. It, it was incredible. And then by the second week, the bloggers picked it up. And from there, it was absolutely insane. Oh they show HGTV. I mean, it was it snowballed into something that's been still going on for three right. years. So how did how did that feel when you were suddenly acknowledged, you know, for this beautiful work that you do? How did that feel? It was so validating for me um, because it was like, I am good at this, right? Mm -hmm. I think most women shopping at home goods thinks that they're good at design. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, But you think you are, you're in there picking out your pillows and things like that. And you think you're doing a great job for someone who had no training and just I think I'm good at this, but who knows, you know, who knows what, what anybody else thinks. So it was validating for me that I do have a talent here and I'm not just some lady who likes pretty pillows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the big, that was the biggest thing because that was the push that I needed to try to start the interior design firm. I was like, I could, I could do this. I could do this. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting the way you described it too, is you were in this full-time job. You weren't, you didn't have a creative outlet at the time, but there was something inside of you that was just, it just couldn't live inside of you anymore. And then when you finally got it out and shared it with the public, that validation, you know, really helped to make you feel great, you know, to help you feel whole in a way. I think, I think what happens when you're creative and you have to suppress all of that creativity, it, it turns into anxiety and, and discomfort in your body and you have to get it out somehow. Right. And you have to find out what that, that thing is. And it sounds like you really found that thing. I don't know how I found you on Instagram, but I did probably about a year ago. And I was just like, wow, this is fantastic because I just love your work. I think it's beautiful. And if anyone listening to this, because you can't necessarily see us, um, tell us what your um, Instagram handle is so that people can take a look. And I'm sure you're going to get lots more viewers as well. (laughs) 
I'm at Tiny House Calls, Tiny House Calls, um, which is a play on the fact that I'm a physician, if it makes mm-hmm. any sense. A little confused by it, and some people aren't, but uh, it's a physician fixing up, you know, tiny houses. So I'm making house calls for these tiny little houses. Um, and I'm on Instagram there, Facebook, and I have a website all with the same name, Tiny House Calls. Okay. And you also have a design firm, you said. What's the name of your design firm? Design firm. Um, it's called House Calls, House Calls oh, Design. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. And so do you do, are you doing all of this yourself or do you have a team? Have you invested in a team yet? Just you? Are you considering um, expanding? Once I, you know, honestly, I had to, um, to the, because the Dow houses were viral, um, I got, I had businesses booming for my real design firm immediately. I had no, I mean, I have a waiting, I still have a waiting list. I keep looking <laughs> to call these people, but uh, I had a waiting list of clients and of course wanted to say yes to everyone in the beginning, or did say yet. Like I immediately was overwhelmed with it and doing it alone and doing it with kids and an 80 hour work week because I was still in private practice. And um, I was attempting to do it all. And I was staying up all night, every night, and burned myself out very quickly. And uh, I fell, fell asleep driving one day and pulled over on the side of the road to cry. And was I was like, I can't believe this. I can't do this. Here, all of my dreams have come true. And I've gotten the opportunity. I've always wanted to, to design and bring people joy in their homes. And I still can't do it. <laughs> you know, I still can't do it. Um, and that's when the sort of prioritizing came in. And I said, you know, I'll get there, but I, I can't do it all right now. Mm-hmm. And the thing that moves people, I get these beautiful messages about the dollhouse. I just got one uh, yesterday about some, you know, it's helping this woman get through her miscarriage. People that have started doing them during their chemo treatments, people who have social anxiety that don't leave their homes, but it's a hobby that they can do at home or people that just get lost in the beautiful tiny images. I'm not, that, that's the stuff, of course, I never expected in a million years, but I get those messages every day. And not that people don't cry when, when, you, when you make over their spaces because they do, but I said, you know, this is what is moving people. This is something that's different. This is this is this is something that's sparking joy. Mm-hmm. My own home. There aren't any tiny clients that I have to deal with. It's just my own creativity. So focus your energies there. You know, focus your energies there. Try to get the toy line and things off the ground so that things are running. So I, if I need a team there, I can have that team and then I can move on and do something else instead of doing 10,000 things halfway, I can mm-hmm. try to focus on just a, on just a few things. So, um, I don't even remember the original question, but that is, yeah. Yeah. The question was, do you have a team? Because, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and, um, as well. And I think building that team can help you continue to create, right? Because what we're good at is, is being creative. 
And sometimes the minutia can steal your creativity a little bit or lead to burnout if you're not careful. Um, but this is, I mean, the wonderful thing about your story is that you are fulfilling this inherent gift that your soul, it's like your soul's calling, right? You just can't, you can't suppress that. And when you let it out and when you actually share it with others, it impacts them powerfully, you know? And so I think a lot of times people who are artists or creatives, they think, ah, oh, I can't make money doing that or it's not, it's not valued very much. But I think what you're demonstrating is that the value is, is how we can change lives and how we can impact lives with our creative pursuits. That it's not only as a physician or a doctor that you can do that you can do it also as a creative and an artist. And I think that's the, the, the reason behind this podcast is because I want people to know that it's powerful being a creative and you can really share and impact other lives. So important to do that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So what's your definition of creativity? Um, for me, that means not necessarily expressing yourself without words, because some people use their words for their creativity, but it's almost like a, another sense. You can speak, you can see, you can touch, you can feel, and then you have this other thing, this creativity, this art, which is another way of communicating yourself. Mm -hmm. people with whatever media that is so that's your voice or you know whatever it is but it's just another form of communication um that people can get a feeling from without you having to tell them or show them necessarily so that's what it means to me it's sort of sharing another part of myself with the world Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's, it's important for the viewer as well as for the person who's actually doing the creation that, that there is an exchange of energy that's very powerful. Is there anything else that you want to tell us that you think is important, an important piece of your story? Um. I would just say, you know, be open to all of the different opportunities and paths and ways to go, you know. Um, I know that, you know, compared to doctoring, design and, and, and even uh, tiny design sounds almost frivolous. I had a reporter who did a wonderful article uh, about me and the, in the paper and she they came to my house to take pictures and she was writing the article and as she was writing it she would call me and say how does this feel she was trying to flesh it out and she was like I want to end it you know with you about living your dream she was like but you know um she was like well but this isn't your dream and I was like what do you mean and she was like well your dream is to be a doctor and I was like okay I am, I am a doctor. And she was like, but that's the ultimate. Like you, you were out of dreams. You don't get any more. 
and you've achieved that. So you can't, not that I couldn't do design, but that those couldn't be my dreams anymore because I had reached the ultimate dream and there wasn't an, another one to be had. And um, you know, I didn't want to argue with her, with her article, however she was going with her article, but mm-hmm. I just thought, well, that's not how that works. That's not how the universe works. <laughs> how that works at all um but I will say you know when I left my uh private practice mm-hmm. and they were leaving to do dollhouses like people and still do um thought I was crazy think I'm crazy you know and there's some that are like yay um you know but that was it was tough for me too but I'm just like trust try yeah I look back and regret that I didn't try absolutely Bill Dr. Roberts it's not like that you know I I I can't go back to what I was doing full-time but I just want to see where this path takes me why why not yeah well why is one path more valid than the other you know I think that this is a problem with our society is we put too much importance on lawyering and doctoring and economic gain and we put less importance on the arts and creativity and that's where the power is really our world would be so gray without creative people in it you know we we function to beautify the world in so many ways um And we play an important role that isn't always valued. And I think that um, we have to value it and we have to know what the value and the impact is ourselves as creatives and educate the world. Um, So, you know, and, and the thing is, that's a very narrow fixed mindset to think that being a doctor is the ultimate because it isn't. You're a better doctor because of your creative you know, uh, pursuits, because you can communicate in ways that people who are very narrow minded might not be able to commute communicate. That's, that's powerful. You could talk to patients about lots of things and, and connect with them in on different levels too. Yeah. So I am um, really uh, honored that you took some time to spend with me. I totally appreciate talking to you. I would love to talk to you again <laughs> and, and see what it's, yeah. I mean, certainly keep the connection going because um, I really love meeting people like you because it helps, it helps me to keep doing what I'm doing as well. So your website again is tinyhousecalls.com. Yes. And um, people can get in touch with you that way. (laughs) We'll be put on a waiting list, of course. Eventually, you will get to them. Um, Any last words? Wonderful to find a tribe uh, of people. And join mine. You have to join my Facebook group, too. (laughs) Tell me who it is, and I will. (laughs) It's called Healer Heal Yourself. Okay. Reduce burnout, discover your creativity while you heal others. It's the same name as the podcast. 
And I want to make it a community of creative physicians and healers. So there's some art therapists in there. There's some artists in there as well. Um, And it's a community where we can share ideas and, and really kind of foster this whole idea of being creative. It's, It's not, you know, it's not a one stop, but you can be, you can be many things and it impacts the world in a positive way too. You know, you're doing your heart's work, your soul's work. I mean, that's, and people are coming to you naturally because you're not asking people for anything. You're not, you know, you're not saying, oh, you know, buy my XYZ for 50 bucks. And uh, you're just doing what you love and people want more of that. Yeah, I hope this message gets out to others who are struggling with their own creativity and how they can impact the world creatively because just be you. That's like, you know, that's like the most important thing and people will find you. I'm so glad I found you. (laughs) So let's definitely, let's do this again. I'm sure people want to hear updates, uh, you know, later on um, how things are going. And um, it's been a pleasure talking with you and meeting you and love your energy. So thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, everyone. I think now I can stop recording.